You are now listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. Well, hello, and thank you for listening to the Conversationalist Podcast. This is episode 52. I'm Jesse, and I'm here with Amanda. Hi. And we have several topics to cover. Um, just to give an overview, um, we're going to talk a little more about um, Phoenix Comic Con and why they made the changes that they made at the last minute with uh, cosplay. If you haven't um, heard about that yet, um, we're also going to talk about another issue that uh, came up at a con in London. I believe it was about a week ago now. And then there's a, an interview with Steve Amell talking about arrow again this was at the london con and then we move on to some news related to the final fantasy 7 remake um and what's in store there uh we then talk a little bit about a show that is very old and might be coming back to tv pretty soon um we're gonna talk about the green lighting of a movie that has to do with a very beloved franchise that is in uh, very deep in prequel territory. And um, then we're going to talk a little bit about Netflix and our dislike of them at this time. Um, let's see here. There's uh, also a little bit of info on the, you know, cable being cast and like what it could mean for like the X-Men franchise as a whole. And then we do a um, summary overview of the Wonder Woman movie. So with that, we will uh, get right into the first topic, which um, has to do with um, Phoenix Comic Con and some of the changes they made. Uh, I don't know, do you want to briefly overview that while I open this? bottle of deliciousness i guess i was i actually um was a little thirsty amanda's just drinking coke this time i actually uh got a star trek uh klingon imperial porter that amanda bought me from uh where'd you get it at uh world market yeah so it's pretty good i'm gonna use my uh my hearthstone bottle opener that we got from blizzcon just pretty sweet yes you can (laughs) So, check, check, check. Yep, so good. So, um, basically, with we we had a lot of criticism for Phoenix Comic Con, as well as a lot of other people that had been posting on their Facebook page, um, and mainly it had to do with um, everybody being pretty angry with uh, drastic measures that were taken by. Phoenix Comic Con related to, uh, I don't know, just generally props, you know, what you could bring into the convention, um, you know, cosplay, just anything that had to do with like cosplay props and whatnot. They basically put the axe on everything. Um, they basically put in a bunch of security measures that limited, you know, like where you could actually enter the convention from. It, and things like that and so what ended up happening was when they did this it was last minute a lot of people hadn't really planned for it um and i want to say it was mainly because the first day of the con um none of those measures were in place i think it might have been friday but then over the course of the weekend on saturday and sunday they basically said okay none of the stuff is allowed 
I don't know that a lot of people were paying attention to the requirements that got put on their Facebook page at the last minute. And so there were a lot of people that were like turned away because they weren't meeting those like updated regulations as far as like, you know, props and like what kind of shit you could have on your cosplay and, uh, you know, things of that nature. And so a lot of people were mad and, you know, a lot of people were demanding refunds. Um, one of the big things was that obviously Phoenix is hot this time of year. Um, and the security checks were taking so long that, uh, from a bunch of different news sources, it was said that some, I think it was in the neighborhood of like two hours was how long it was taking to actually physically get in the convention. And that there was like a rush, you know, for the people from the convention to like, you know, bring water out to people while they're waiting. And from our experience, you know, having been to Phoenix Comic Con last year, it was incredibly hot. It's a dry heat. It's a dry heat, but when we got there, it was, what, 106, 108? Uh, like 110. Yeah, it was really fucking hot. I mean, and, uh, you we're know... We're used to it. We're, I mean, we're from Bakersfield, California, and so it's, it's hot as hell um, in Bakersfield. And I think when we left Bakersfield, the forecast for us was supposed to be about 105. And so when we got into Phoenix, it was like, you know, 108, 110, which, I mean, what's a couple of degrees when it's already over 100? So when we got to Phoenix um, Comic-Con, I mean, it was relatively easy to get in. There wasn't a mega huge line. We were able to get our badges pretty easy. I think the biggest hiccup was just that they ran out of programs, but eventually everybody got programs, and it was mainly just like some disarray over them not having enough programs stacked, and there were some people running late. Poor all, planning. Yeah, just poor planning, but, I mean, nothing serious. I mean, overall, like, the convention itself was run, you know, relatively good. Um, you know, I mean, if the biggest issue you have is, like, not having fucking catalogs at the beginning, you know, you're doing everything right for the most part. And so, that was pretty much it. But, that being said, could you imagine if we had gone to Phoenix Comic Con, we were there for the first day, we get in relatively easy, but then... The second time you show up and you're having to, or you're just having to wait two hours in line in that heat. Not with our kids. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely wouldn't happen. And as a matter of fact, if that happened, we would have been like, uh, you know, refunds for the remaining days or whatever. Because there's no way I'm going to wait out in that heat for two hours, no matter how great the. I mean, if, if it was fucking San Diego Comic Con. Maybe, maybe. Well, it's not that hot, but there, even though. yeah, I mean, in San Diego, it's not going to be that hot anyways. But I mean, that's there's the humidity over anything. Yeah, um, you know, but two hours—that's just insane, especially like if you have kids and that. It just—it's. I don't know how they could expect people to really stay out there for that long, um, you know. But that being said, there was a reason they did it, and that's the point we're getting to. Is that I mean, and obviously. I don't Even think there was ever bother to tell anybody what the reason was. Right. And and so, you very, know, very poorly written press releases, people. Well, you know, they don't want to, you know, raise alarm or anything like that, which I could kind of understand, but oh, at the same time, have. well, at the same time, they just need to be upfront about why it is they fucking change the rules because everybody thinks that they're just changing the rules for, you know, the sake of, you know, changing rules just because. And, you know, I think if you you there's a certain amount of slack that would have been given to the people that put out that press release if they had just given the fucking reason. Yeah. I mean, people read about it anyways. 
and had people known about that ahead of time or when that press release is put out, people are going to be like, oh, fuck. Wow. Okay. I see why they did that. I guess that's reasonable. Sucks we got to wait, but there's a reason for it. And there probably wouldn't have been as much outrage. Ultimately, there were some people that did hear about it, were there, did know about it, and were still upset. And mainly it's because, oh, so this happened and now you got to punish everybody? Which, again, you know, a lot of people are just like, look, if security had been put in place as it's supposed to be anyways, and security hadn't been lax from the get-go, then this wouldn't have happened, this would be a non-issue, and you wouldn't have to do this, you know, that, you know, for the lack of a, you know, better phrase, punishes everyone, because that's how some people felt. So to get on to what actually happened was, uh, there was a person that showed up at Phoenix Comic Con that went there for the sole purpose of targeting Jason David Frank, who, if you don't know him, he had a cameo at the end of the Power Rangers movie, and more importantly... he's an original Power Ranger. Yeah, he's the original Green Power Ranger. So, there's a guy that had a fixation on him, and had, I guess, been talking about, thinking about... um, wanting to go out to this convention and kill him and uh you know apparently officers as well Uh, apparently this dude is pretty delusional um and he went dressed as the punisher and uh you know i guess to fill some sort of you know i don't know fixation with the character he thought he was going to be like punishing bad people he was like very Obviously, he's very delusional to begin with. He's wanting to fucking murder somebody, and he's wanting to, like, you know, kill officers and whatever. Um, And so, I guess this guy had been corresponding with, uh, like, some celebrity, like, through, like, some sort of fan page over the course of, like, a year. And it was, like, always kind of, you know, weird about their communications, but, you know, they kept in communication anyways because, for the most part... You know, dude was maybe awkward, but, like, never really dangerous or weird. But closer, like, as the convention got closer, he started, you know, getting a little more strange with his, uh, you know, contacts. And uh, I guess the person that he was corresponding with was just like, you know, I'm not going to talk to this dude anymore. But then out of the blue, he starts messaging this, um, this person again and basically messaged them saying that, like, you know, he intended to go to this convention to kill Jason David Frank and whatever. And so that person ended up contacting law enforcement and notified law enforcement of what was going on. So Phoenix Police Department ended up showing up, made it to the convention, and intercepted this guy before he got to Jason David Frank and before he could harm anybody else. Um, But he did have you know, different weapons on him, firearms, and, uh, you know, so those were obviously, you know, seized from him, and he was arrested, um, and that's pretty much it, but immediately after, you know, that's when the convention basically put out that, uh, press release that, okay, hey, you guys can't bring any sort of, you know, anything that has to do with your costume, any sort of weapon, prop, anything. no weapons. Which is silly because the guy brought a gun. The guy brought a gun to a convention, which 
Obviously, guns aren't allowed. But if the security was actually checking stuff that goes into the convention, they would have been like, oh shit, this is a real gun. You know what I mean? Hopefully. You know, you would think that, some. you know, I mean, there's people that show up to these conventions with airsoft guns. I play airsoft. I have a lot of, you know, very realistic looking guns. You know, people have brought airsoft guns to San Diego Comic Con and other conventions before. And it's never been an issue. You usually see these like zip ties on these guns that indicate that they've been checked before. And so my question is, is that like if this guy had shown up to the convention with these guns, why weren't they checked? Why didn't anybody inspect them to see if they were airsoft guns or whether or not they were real or fake? I'm guessing they don't do that there. Which, again, and it kind of goes to the other the other people's points that we're posting on this Facebook page, is had they actually been you know, following through with these security measures that are supposed to be in place, it would have never gotten that close. And so it's kind of like, why are you going to ban foam swords and, you know, staffs and all these other items that obviously aren't a firearm for the sake of just banning everything? You know, this dude had a fucking they pistol. They have bombs up in there. I, yeah, it just it's just silly, you know. That the, the person brought a gun. I mean, the thing is, is if you, I mean, you take a step back for a second, this wasn't some sort of mastermind that you know constructed some sort of bomb and like you know he somehow managed to like fit this bomb into some sort of like foam staff, you know, or like if you know he had some sort of fuse or trigger or something like that that was gonna like blow people up or just something crazy like that. It wasn't anything like that. You know, it was a guy that fucking brought a gun. So, for the sake of security, like, why are you going to just blanket ban all of these things that aren't a gun? Wasn't this a gun-free zone? He should have known that he wasn't supposed to bring the gun in there, right? Gun-free zones are supposed to be safe. It's so, just easier for them to ban it all. It You know, to me, it just seems silly that, you know, this is... You know, that's what it came down to. Like, there was no common sense about it to be like, okay, you know, anybody that has anything that resembles a firearm, pistol or otherwise, can't bring it to the convention for the rest of the weekend until, you know, we can come up with, uh, you know, some other type of plan for the next convention and then go from there. No, they just flat out ban everything, which is, I think, dumb. And it upset a lot of people. You know, regardless of what the reason is, it just seemed... uh, I don't know, a little too, a little too heavy-handed, you know, to, I mean, for the, I mean, obviously they have to react, they have to make decisions that are best for all guests, and, you know, obviously they want to ensure the safety of all the guests and the attendees and anybody else that's, you know, going to be at the convention, but, you know, I think there was a lack of a measured response as much as it was just, like, you know, an extremely quick reaction that was, like, made with breakneck speed um i mean obviously they'll probably have something better to work with next year because i don't see why they do next year yeah that's a whole other thing you know there were plenty of people that were upset that were like i'm never going to this convention again especially if this is the way they're going to do things but you know at the end of the day they had a reason to do it i think there's like a more measured response and you know that could be thought of and i really think that there can be security measures that get put in place that kind of make most people happy obviously you're not going to make everybody happy but i think that uh you know now that they have the time to come up with a better policy 
it probably won't be like that next year, I would assume. Um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see as, you know, next year comes around as to whether or not that's going to be the case. But, you know, ultimately, we had no idea when we recorded the last podcast that that was the reason they did what they did. Because they didn't say anything. Yeah. And so, you know, with that being said, I mean, it doesn't seem that unreasonable, you know, but to me, it was a little bit unreasonable. Although, obviously, I wasn't the one running the convention and, you know, he might have been under a lot of pressure to come up with something pretty quick. And so he did what he had to do because he's probably run a bunch of conventions before. And so, you know, there it is. So, um, I don't know. I mean, hopefully it didn't damage Phoenix Comic Con too much. I mean, because we went there last year and we enjoyed ourselves. Our kids liked it. They always ask us when we're going back to Phoenix. We didn't go this year just because... um, You were busy. Well, I was busy. I always have something going on Memorial Day weekend. And last year, the convention didn't take place on Memorial Day weekend. So we had kind of, you know, had it on our calendar that we were going to go back. But, you know, because the dates moved to Memorial Day weekend, it kind of just, you know, put a snag in things. So that is the reason, you know, somebody tried to kill a famous person, which, I mean, it's not unheard of. Yeah. I, what was the name of the lady that uh, was kind of a famous singer? This was like a year or so back, and this guy was like this lady had done like a concert or something and like she was doing a meet and greet afterward and the guy basically came up and like oh, shot the girl? her. And, yeah, like yes. shot her and killed himself. He killed her too. That's what I said. He fucking shot her and killed her and he killed himself. He said shot her and okay. killed himself. I didn't say I oh yeah. Yeah. There was a guy shot a bear and it died. Like yes, she died. You can get shot and not die. Yeah I guess. There's two Thanks. Tupac survived like nine shots, right? Anyway. <laughs> but she was just on a TV show. I mean, she wasn't like super famous. Right. I mean, Jason David Frank arguably is not super famous either, but... You call people... him Freak? <laughs> Did I say Jason David Freak? <laughs> it sounded like it. <laughs> Jason David Frank, in case I said Freak. I don't think I did. But Jason David Frank's not like a super famous person either. <laughs> And people want to kill him. It's just crazy, like, these vexations that people get that, you know, they're like... Well, you're always going to find at least two old rangers at any kind of convention. <laughs> so if you're well, going to take your anger out on somebody, there's always a ranger I can't think of the two. I can't think of the names of the original rangers that we met, but what, what convention was it where we met um, the original Red Ranger? But, like, he wouldn't take a picture... With you or anything, like, unless you paid him, like, $25 or something like that. I can't think of his real name, but we actually met the real Red Ranger. Um, I think it might have been at Stan Lee's Comic-Con. Probably. And at Stan Lee's Comic-Con, like, this dude, like, would not take a photo. He wouldn't sign anything unless you paid him, like, 25 or 30 bucks. No, it wasn't at that one. Which one was it? Well, it had to have been a WonderCon. I don't know. All I know is I was kind of like, yeah, this guy's kind of a douche. Then there was um, the other guy we met. He was, like, one of the Black Rangers, but I think he was blue. from, like... It was the Blue Ranger? Yeah, but he was in one of the newest was, ones. Yeah, he was in one of the newer ones, and he was a lot cooler. Like, he was totally into it, like... He hasn't he, been around the circuit that long, yeah, that's why. Yeah, he, he wasn't jaded. He was, like... He was like, oh, yeah, I think he still charged, but it was, like, reasonable. It was, like, $5. And, oh, when we gave him the poster to sign, 
Because, like, we had, like, one of the posters for, like, the one that he was in or whatever. And he, like, he's like, oh, what color do you want the pin in? Like, he had all different colors of pins. And then, remember, he was, like, trying to figure out, like, where he wanted to sign it. And, like, he was, like, trying to draw inspiration before, like, he signed his name, remember? Like, he, he like, took, like, 30 seconds before he signed his name because he was, like... No, I don't remember that It was part. super entertaining. Like, seriously, the guy... I, I mean, I can't even... I'm not... I'm, don't even think that I'm talking shit about him. Honestly, I was kind of like, you know what? This dude's cool as fuck because, like, he was totally into, like, signing it. Like, he was super happy to do it. You know, he seemed attentive when I was like, oh, yeah, my kids love the show. And, uh, you know, and then when he's signing it, like, he's all, like, super into it. And, you know, like, trying to find the perfect place on the picture to, like, put his name. Where, like, everybody else, or, like, the other guy, not everybody else, but, like, the original Red Ranger... He was just kind of like, fuck you, pay me. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it was just, it was what it was. I mean, like Amanda said, he's probably been on the circuit for a while and was like, fuck these people. So, uh, moving on, um, we're uh, getting this info from uh, the DailyMail.com. And this has to do with a little kerfuffle that took place at... Oh, uh, word. <laughs> it's a fucking great word. It took place at uh, the London Comic Con, and what this had to do with was, um, well, a kerfuffle. (laughs) Basically, the dude that plays Flash Gordon, um, I'm trying to think of his name. God damn it. Some old dude and another old dude. Some old dude. So, Sam Sam Jones, who, uh, well, that's not it. Let's see. Where is it? Let's see, 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 see. I can't think of his name, but basically, the dude that played, um, is it? Yeah, it says Sam Jones. Yeah, so, okay. So, Sam Jones, the dude that played Flash in the 1980s film, uh, got into a little argument with Lou Ferrigno, who's obviously famous for his role as, uh, the Hulk in the... The Incredible Hulk of the 1970s, like, TV series. And so they had, like, two autograph tables. I mean, there were more than two autograph tables. There was an autograph area, just like every convention has. Their tables were uh, right next to each other. Um, and the thing is, too, is Sam Jones, I don't know that it was the Flash that he played. It was Flash Gordon. So, but, uh, what? Nothing. You look at me all crazy. So, anyways, so anyways, he uh, they get into a little argument, and I guess it got super heated. At one point, um, Lou Ferrigno leaves his chair and kind of comes over and is like getting all loud with uh, Mister Jones, and so he gets up out of his chair, and I guess they're like puffing chests and like fucking clinching fists, and it looked like they were actually gonna throw down. If you've never seen Lou Ferrigno in person. Dude is still fucking big. I mean, he's not, like, obviously as fit as he was in the, like, 1970s series Incredible Hulk. If you haven't seen it, he was pretty swollen, and, uh, he's still a pretty big dude now. We've never tried to get a picture with him because he charges a lot, but, like, we've walked... Super a lot. Yeah, but we've walked right by him and snapped a photo real quick, which gets him super pissed if he catches you. Yeah. Um, and so, he's, like, I think he's, like, 6'5" like 6'6", six, six, and he's still probably close to fucking 300 pounds. Like, dude's fucking big. I mean, maybe like 250, 280, but he's, he's fucking pretty big. Anyways, 
uh, Jones, he's not a small dude either. I want to say he's like six foot three, and he weighs about as much as Lou Ferrigno does. He's probably like 230, 240. They're pretty big ass guys. And so these dudes look like they're about to fucking fight. And I guess some dude, just some random fucking fan, gets in between these guys, um, like right before they're going to fight to try to like break it up. And it's funny because like the people that saw this happen, this dude looked like a little fucking peon by comparison because I mean he was only like five seven looked like he probably weighed only like 160 pounds and so he's getting between these like he's two a big nerd. <laughs> yeah he's getting between these two big fucking guys to like break up a fight they should have let him fight it out I honestly that would have been super entertaining probably like one of the coolest things that would happen at that convention that's probably what they wanted anyways like people are talking about him now who talks about him any other time nobody <laughs> Fucking, you're getting salty there, huh? I'm yeah. just saying. They're yeah. old. So, yeah, it's, you know, the, the, some fans broke it up and it ended up not being anything. Um, but, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Flash Gordon, he was not as fit as Lou Ferrigno in the uh, original series. Flash Gordon series. looks like a uh, regular Barnacle, dude. what is his name? <laughs> Barnacle Boy? Barnacle Boy from Spongebob? Yeah, Lou Ferrigno is a fucking monster. So, I don't know. I think, like, somebody saved Flash Gordon's life. So, that's uh, probably probably a good thing. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, fans saving lives. Big old fucking heroes they are. Um, let's see here. That was uh, pretty much it for that. Um, and so, at the same convention... I think that somebody was actually talking to Steve Amell about... Steven? So I can't call him Steve? You're not best friends with him. Oh, I can't. Oh, so I have to be BFFs with Steve. How do you know he likes to be called Steve? Fucking every person named Steven's called Steve. Like, everyone. No. Yeah. I knew a nerdy boy in high school. His name was Steven. He didn't go by Steve. Because he was a fucking nerd. Steven. This guy's cool as fuck. We actually met yeah, Stephen Amell. He is nice. And he is super cool. And I'm pretty sure everybody calls him Steve. Oh, God. But with that said, we'll call him Stephen for the sake of Amanda not blowing a gasket. Because we're... that's what it says. <laughs> no. Okay. We're getting this story from comicbook.com. And Stephen Amell wants an Arrow movie with Robbie Amell as Batman. Pass. It's kind of sillier than it sounds, but basically it sounds like somebody was asking him a hypothetical question about whether or not he wanted a movie and what he would want that movie to have and all that kind of thing. And so when he was uh, you know, talking to these fans, um, he's quoted as saying, if I were going to do a feature-length film, what I would like to do is I would actually use every single important character from the history of the show that people thought were really important. I like to put them all in a situation where they'd all have to work together. And uh, he says, and I would like to put the entirety amount of money that we put into an entire season into like 98 minutes of screen time and see what happens. And then um, he said that he'd also want Robbie Amell, his cousin, uh, you know, to be in it as well, which is, you know. I always kinda... thought that was his brother because they look identical. Well, Pretty much. Yeah, I thought it was his fucking brother before I read this. I didn't realize it was his cousin, but... Um, you know, I mean, I think the you know the whole thing is kind of silly just because, obviously, just because you play the CW character, um, you know, doesn't mean that you're going to make the transition, 
you know, to the big screen. I mean, if anything, I think it makes it more difficult, you know? I mean, obviously the the movie version and the CW version are completely separate. You know, they're not even in the same universes and things like that. I mean, I think ultimately, like, he would like to play the Green Arrow version. You know, I don't know how... I don't know how or whether they'd even consider him for it, you know, but I think he does a pretty good job of playing um, Green Arrow, so there is that. Yeah, it kind of goes with the whole Flash thing, though. Right. Why not choose that Flash to be the movie Flash, because TV Flash isn't going to match with movie Flash. Yeah. It's not the same. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm sure he's holding out hope that, you know, there will be some consideration for him, but, uh, you know, as... History has foretold in years past with castings of other characters from TV shows to movies is that it's almost never the character that uh, is in the movie. Like, I mean, that's in the TV show or otherwise. So, I would not hold my breath, Sir Steve. In. <laughs> what if it's Stefan? What if he likes to be called Stefan? I doubt it. What if his friends call him Stefan? That's stupid. He needs to get new friends. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was that. Um, let me see here. And so, the next uh, story, which is kind of a penis softener, um, ha- comes from Yahoo News. And it says that if you're hyped for the Final Fantasy VII Remake, we have good news and bad news. Um, to kind of summarize this relatively quickly, because we've talked about you know the Final Fantasy VII Remake in the past and the fact that as soon as it was announced that I went out and fucking pre-ordered my copy of it, is that, you know, my pre-order amount has been held up for damn near two years. Well, not two years, I'm exaggerating. Maybe like a year and a half. A year. But still, like, it's taken forever. There's no end in sight as to whether or not this thing is going to be released anytime soon. And now it seems like it's going to be even longer than that. Reason being is because Square Enix has decided that they kind of want to maintain more control over I guess the creative integrity of the game and so Naoki Hamaguchi who has been working on Final Fantasy games for a really long time and is uh, the main programmer for Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13 and has also been working on the Mobius Final Fantasy uh, he basically announced that he had taken over the development side of Final Fantasy 7 Remake um Basically, what this means is that Square Enix just wanted to do everything themselves and basically exclude any external, you know, external third-party companies from, you know, getting involved in the project. I don't know what made them change their mind on why they decided to kind of go back on that, you know, because they're kind of, they've already been in development for a while. Um, I think, ultimately, the good news is, is that Part of the reason they did it is because they wanted to maintain a certain level of quality that they're going to bring to the game. And so, obviously, you want a game to be as good as it can possibly be from a quality standpoint, obviously. With any game, that's what you'd expect. So, that's Wouldn't a good... they have thought about that before? Well, you know, I mean, what it could be is that, like, they figure with some third-party help, you know, them running, you know, some of the core stuff... Is that, you know, they can kind of integrate, you know, whatever's being developed by the third party side, you know, kind of like speed up some production. But, you know, they basically have probably set guidelines that says, hey, this is kind of what we expect and this is where we expect the level of quality to be. 
And, you know, maybe some of these places weren't, you know, cutting it. Or, you know, whatever the case is. I mean, maybe some of the third-party places are, like, falling behind in terms of, like, timetable or whatever the case (laughs) is. Or, you know, it could be that, you know, maybe they were, you know, uh, in charge of certain segments of the game development. And they probably presented it to Square Enix and they're looking at this kind of like, eh. You know, maybe they were hoping that they would have been either further along or they kind of had like a different vision for how some of this stuff would be in terms of like, you know, quality with the amount of time they have. Maybe. Like, what do you think? I don't know. (laughs) It just seems weird that they would change it like that. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's creative differences. There's a lot of what ifs or could be's. Yeah. I mean, but, you know, ultimately... You know, the reason for kind of like, you know, kind of pulling the reins back in is that, hey, they're concerned about quality. That's never a bad thing to be concerned about. And so whereas they kind of want to, you know, put the reins in the hands of somebody who's been involved in other Final Fantasy development, that's a good thing. Um, The only bad thing is, is that there's a possibility that places that have been working on the development side of maybe some of these external projects is that if they have already been in development with these third-party companies or other companies that were, you know, previously involved, is that if Square Enix is kind of stepping in on a quality control point, is that if they don't find that, you know, some of these things have met their standards, is that they're going to have to basically go back and redo everything. (laughs) And, you know, who knows how far that'll set them back. You know, we, we could be making some big assumptions and maybe there's not a lot that they have to redo at all. But, you know, there is that possibility, and whereas, to me, like, they're already kind of behind schedule to begin with, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, god dang, like, I don't want to wait another six months to a year for them to have to, like, go back and redo all this shit that maybe they've already should have considered when they decided whether or not they wanted to use third-party companies and external, you know, external cooperation. I just... Yeah... I don't know. It's it's frustrating, but, you know, ultimately, you know, if they can come out with a better quality game, then, you know, I can't complain too much. Because the last thing you want is for them to, like, expedite the process only to get a shit game. That's true. You know, so there is that. I am kind of bummed, though, because I've really been looking forward to the Final Fantasy VII Remake. I know it's not going to be a remake in terms of, like, oh, it's just got better graphics. It's not a remaster. It's a remake. So there's going to be a lot of different things about Final Fantasy VII, but still a lot of the, you know, the overall story and characters that you got from Final Fantasy VII you're going to see again. So um, now making a big transition over from fucking games, uh, there's a television show that looks like it's actually got the green light to come back on TV. I don't know what channel it's going to be on or what the timetable is for when we can expect this to be out. Um, this story is via popculture.com and it has to do with the show Roseanne. Now, we're a little older, so we know all about Roseanne. I remember watching the original Roseanne television show. My dad thought it was too crude. Yeah, I, my mom was a little bit different and so we were allowed to watch Roseanne in the house. And so, I mean, I thought the show was okay, like the originals were fine. Um, but that being said... It's been off the air for a very long time, and now they're talking about bringing it back. And 
you know, with that. Why not? Everything else has come back. Yeah, I mean, they're reviving a lot of other stuff. Um, I would say the one different element to this is that apparently most of the characters from the original Roseanne show are on board. Um, I mean, the same can be said for Fuller House. Yeah. And look what that resulted in. Fucking garbage. Except it's doing really well for Netflix. They're keeping it. I, well, and we'll get to that in a second. What the fuck? Um, you know, that, that aside... You know, Roseanne, I think, is a, I think, put me a funner show to bring back. Like, when I watched the original, like, Full Houses when I was little, I mean, it was a good show for the time. But, like, if I was going to bring a show back from, like, that time period, honestly, I thought, like, Roseanne was just, like, generally, I don't know, funnier than Full House. Like, Full House to me was, like, super cheesy and shit. Well, it's not the same kind of show. It's not the same kind of show at all. But, I mean, even if we're talking about family shows, like, I would have rather had, like, Family Matters. I thought Family Matters is better than Full House all day. I like Family Matters. So, like, I would have rather seen a Family Matters as opposed to a Full House. I mean, Kimmy Gibbler and Urkel, Urkel wins. Well, yeah, but he's... he's, (laughs) Well, you know, they're both the annoying He's talked about walking away from that role, trying to get away from it for a very long time. What else have you ever seen Kimmy Gibbler in? Nothing. Right. Well, I'm just saying, like, you know, in terms of, like, what I'd prefer to see, I think most people, I mean, most reasonable people would agree that Family Matters is probably better than Full House. You know, people that say, like, Full House is better than, like, Family Matters or something like that. I mean, those people are like those, you know, probably people that are like the guy that dressed up as the Punisher that like, you know, want to kill the Green Ranger. Like on some level, there's some like, de- there's something the demented about those people. And Both they, the shows like, they... hold their value in different ways. <laughs> no, I just think that, you know... oh, wait, if you're defending it, does that mean that you'd rather see Full House over Family Matters? Um... I don't watch the reboot. I watched the first episode of that dumb Fuller House, and it was so horrible that I didn't watch any more of the other ones. But, and I was really sad yeah, I because I liked hyped. the old. I liked the old Full House, and then they just ruined it. But I am interested to see the one where New Kids on the Block is on it because New Kids on the Block, what? obviously. Yeah, Kimmy, the girl that plays Kimmy Giller, she's actually really good friends with most of the members. Uh-huh. So they were on one of the episodes. It was for DJ's birthday. For the remake one? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean... I, mean, I, I still haven't watched that episode yet, and I love <laughs> New Kids on the Block. But I just... Uh, that show. The show now is... Ugh. So, yeah. Amanda was super hyped for that show, and then so I really did not want to watch it, but I sat down and watched the first episode with her, and I was just like, I can't. I'm I dashed sorry. my dreams. I yeah. couldn't either. It was fucking so it's bad. horrible. And uh, so... And then Netflix gave it a second season. <laughs> Right. Nobody liked the first season. You know what? We're just going to like skip ahead to this next topic because we're already here. Um, And we're kind of moving past Roseanne. It's coming out at some point. We don't know when. Um, If you like white trash, there you go. It's about a blue collar family. It's not about white trash. They are white freaking trash. Okay, first off, guys, Amanda's white. So maybe she can can say that the way rappers say the N-word. But what I'm saying is that it's about a blue collar family. I don't think there's anything white trash about him. I mean, they were white trash. Okay, would you call Ben that? Probably, huh? He's interesting. No, see, like Ben could be in Roseanne. 
He's a friend of ours. He was actually in one of my airsoft podcasts. It was like way early on on the uh, on the conversationalist, and I haven't had him back, but maybe I will because he's like pretty good comic relief. Um, you just hear dueling banjos in the background. He's a fun guy. Um, so, anyways, blue collar show coming out soon. But to get back to Netflix, Married with Children would even be a better. Oh yes, one than Roseanne. Yeah, Married with Children. Even though I wasn't technically allowed to watch that one either. Honestly, I would say it was basically on the same spectrum when you're when you're comparing like raunchy family shows. Married with Children, I would say, was like the closer parallel to Roseanne as opposed to like a Family Matters Full House thing. And so, yeah, honestly, I mean, if I had to choose one or the other, it'd be it'd be Married with Children all day long over Roseanne just because Al Bundy was a fucking king. Peg Bundy and all the other guys, um, you know, that show was just fucking fantastic. The the little, you know, group that he had, no ma'am. No ma'am. They wore the shorts like it was a male only club. Like I told you, I wasn't allowed to technically watch that one. You've either. never watched those shows. I've seen a few on reruns. Oh my god! How oh uh, you know uh, we've been together a really long time, but every now and then <laughs> when we talk about like movie trivia, television shows, or whatever, like there's some times where like I get shocked and find out that like she hasn't seen this show or this movie. Like there was a point where she hadn't seen Top Gun. My dad was very protective of me. <laughs> He's a single dad trying to make sure I didn't turn out all weird. And she hadn't seen like Rocky Horror Picture Show. No. She, you know, there's a bunch of, and then now we're finding out she hasn't seen like episodes of like Married with Children, even though she knows what it is. She's. <laughs> I've seen some reruns because it used to come on around the same time as Parker Lewis Can't Lose. That's oh, my, my show. God. Love that show. That show's stupid. It is not. <laughs> Are you saying Ferris Bueller's stupid? Because it's kind of the same. Well, Ferris Bueller's just like one TV, it was like one movie, but like the movie was pretty decent. They but also like tried Parker to make Lewis, a really crappy TV show out of it. It didn't work out for them. But like Parker Lewis Can't Lose is just like a super lame television show. It was, no, it's not. It's like a worse Boy Meets World. Not even the same. <laughs> What do you mean it's not? It's equally terrible. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No. <laughs> Parker Lewis was amazing. <laughs> Kubiak? You know, she's saying that with like the straightest face. She's like hate. giving me like dagger eyes right now. There's a lot of hate for you right now because <laughs> you know, that like, show's awesome. It's like the dagger eyes from like Who Framed Roger Rabbit when like the bad guy like wants to kill everybody and like the daggers like literally come out and like that's what she's looking at me like. She's like, motherfucker, Parker Lewis is the king. Yes. You're terrible. No, you're terrible. Anyways, let's stay on Netflix. Right now we're upset <laughs> that they renewed a season, a second season of that garbage television show. Fuller House. I think they've got up to four. Because they, uh, they just did their second one. And I know that they've been renewed for at least one more. Maybe two. Google. Lugal it. So, there's a bunch of shows that they canceled. The one that we're really upset about right now is, the, like fact, two. is the fact that they've canceled Sense8. Now, Sense8, when we, we just stumbled across this television show not too long ago... We watched the first season when they were, you know, they had the Netflix original shows posting up. Now, we fucking marathon the first season. We were like, holy shit. Such a new concept. Fantastic characters. Super diverse. 
Um, there's a lot going on in the story. Um, you know, there's an equal amount of, you know, what, like, you know, development from all the different characters is fantastic. So then we're hoping for the second season to come out, but it took forever. Like for a them year. To, yeah, for them to get a second season out, you know, it was about a year. And so Sensei um, Season 2 had come out recently, and we marathoned the shit out of that. It was and they left fucking, it on a cliffhanger. It was fucking great. They left it on a cliffhanger, but the second season was fantastic. And there were a lot of people I saw, like, from, like, Facebook posts and things like that that were, you know, that were posting their displeasure for the fact that Sensei had been canceled. But there were a lot of people that were kind of like, you know what? I liked Sensei in the first season, but the second season, it felt like they were really pushing agendas on, well, you know, on the on the gay stuff and on the transgender stuff and on this and this and that. You can't it, argue with that because you know it's what? there. You know, it, it's there, um, but Deal with the it. thing was, is the characters, it's not as though they made the characters more gay or like made the characters more trans or any of these things that's the those are the those are the original plot points of the characters from the first season the first season was fucking fantastic and you know like every single background and type of person is represented in this cast i mean probably like one of the the most diverse casts i've ever seen of any show i mean as far as i could tell and with the second season, obviously the story's developing. There's a lot going on in all these lives. You know, it deals with a trans man. I don't know how you explain it, but it's a man that's now a woman, which is trans, and has a girlfriend. And then there's a guy who's like a macho, you know, action movie actor who's from Mexico. And then you find out that even though he's got this macho sign, that he's actually gay. And like he's with this man and you know he's having struggles as whether or not to come out and all these types of things and so they're dealing with a lot and you know um you know and then there's like a you know um a black guy that's from a certain part of africa where like tribes don't mix and you know you know he's trying to change that whole thing and you know one of the girls that he's dating is kind of a bisexual woman you know, that's just attracted to the person, not necessarily the genitalias, like she puts it in the show. But, you know, it's there. But the way they told the story, I didn't really feel like it was really getting thrown in our face. You know, I, I mean, I felt that there was a good balance. Um, I Obviously, there's people who thought otherwise. But at the end of the day, I thought the, I thought that season two was pretty damn great. And so I was really looking forward to a season three only to find out that it's one of the fucking shows that Netflix is choosing to cancel. And I'm not really sure why, but I feel like everybody really needs to, like, you know, get on Twitter, on Facebook, or wherever, and, like, communicate with Netflix that, like, this show should not be canceled. Like, this is probably one of the best shows they have out. Um, and, you know, canceling it, I think, is a huge mistake, you know, but there's a bunch of other shows that are on this list that a lot of people are upset with. Some of them, you know, I don't necessarily give a shit about, but, um, Sense8, I care very much, so, I don't know, I'm... They cancel Bloodlines, and The Get Down. See, The Get Down... Millie Hammer... Okay, see the get down. I never really watched, so I can't. I can't be upset about what you know why it's gone. 
Lilyhammer was a show that we thought was fucking fantastic, that and really we were. Good. It's it's. I think the thing with the Lilyhammer one was that you know it's being it's production was taking place like overseas, and there was some issues about like. I don't know, like, production and, like, rights. And so, like, it was kind of, like, in a limbo where that was kind of what threw it into its whole, like, is it going to get produced or not or whatever. And then still, like, I think ultimately the decision was finally made to just cancel it. But, like, Lilyhammer was another fantastic show. Yeah, it was um, good. What was the other show that you just mentioned? Bloodline. Bloodline was a show that we watched... Um, I, I think we were just kind of like, we've watched a bunch of the other Netflix originals. Let's give another one a shot. So then we started watching that one. And initially, the the, the picture for it and the story was kind of like, eh, we'll just watch it and see what happens. It ended up being a great show. It's very and good. It, it was very dramatic. We and, still need to watch the, the new season. Yeah, you know, so this is, I guess, the last season. Um, you know, but at least they gave it the opportunity to kind of like finish where it left off from the previous season. Um, you know, but the Bloodline's a fantastic show. Now, the reason that Bloodline was canceled, and I'd read this from another story previously, was that Bloodline was canceled because Bloodline is like the most expensive show that Netflix has. It costs a shitload of money to produce See, the I Bloodline read that about television the show. Too, was that it was very expensive. To make, and that's why it didn't go past its one season. See, and Bloodline, I think, was just, like, their most expensive show, period. Because Florida is expensive. Right. And so, Bloodline, the, you know, they were just cutting ties with that one because it was so expensive to produce. And so, you're saying that's what happened with the other one. Sensei, I mean, it could be the same thing. I mean, all the different camera angles, all the different retakes they probably have to do. I would bet it, Sensei it's a little bit different. Like but, a political thing? Yes. I think it's ridiculous. Now, I would say that I'm probably a conservative slash maybe kind of tipping moderate, whereas I kind of vote on issue, not party. And, you know, with that being said, um, I didn't think that it was over the top with the storylines that they had and all of that. I mean, obviously everybody's different, but I kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm just a more reasonable person. Um, but... I mean, there were just like so many good shows that they canceled. You know, Lilyhammer, fucking Bloodline. Now Sensei. A lot of their originals. Well, I, I heard the killing got canceled too. Huh. The killing got canceled too. I'm trying to look for the list because um, we kind of just you know started like you know um, digging a little deeper into this topic. We haven't even watched the killing though. And uh, you know, but the killing was supposed to be a good television show that we were. You know that we might have watched, but uh, obviously, why are you going to want to start watching? Well, and they're going to be done with Longmire too, aren't they? Aren't they giving it the last season also? Yeah, they were going to cancel the. They were going to cancel Longmire outright, but then there was enough backlash to where they extended it the one season in order to kind of wrap everything up. Which at least they did that. You would think at a minimum they would at least be able to extend Sensei at the same courtesy and at least allow it to wrap itself up. Just because it's too good of a show to just leave it like that. like Or give it a little movie or something. <sighs> something? I mean, fuck, man. I mean, they like, put those Adam Sandler movies on there. Oh, my God. And half of them are fucking garbage. Like, I don't even... It's... It's it like he's just writing trash and then people are... He had like a six-movie deal, so... It, was it six? I thought it was ten. <laughs> oh, I thought it was six. It was a lot of movies. So he could just do whatever he wants to with them. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think it's just... <laughs> 
so bad. It's, uh, like, I feel like there's, like, no rhyme or reason to, like, any of the shit that they're canceling. Um, it just makes no sense. Like, there's shows that are fucking garbage that are allowed to stay, and then and there's shows that are fantastic, original in every way, and they're getting canceled, like... I don't know. I I, mean, I guess I've aired enough of my grievance. I would say that if you agree with me to try to contact Netflix and see if there's enough people that are contacting them in order to maybe, you know, get something done that can maybe reverse their decision for canceling Sense8 and at a minimum maybe extending it for one season so that we can at least get some closure to the characters. Um, so uh, move on from the bullshit that Netflix has been inflicting upon its uh, subscribers. And we move on to um, a movie that will probably be in development relatively soon. Um, I don't know about any sort of release date or anything like that. But basically, um, this is a story from Polygon.com. And it has to do with a Voldemort live-action uh, film that is... I think it's the Voldemort live-action fan film moves forward with Warner Brothers' blessing. And so... Uh, Harry Potter's most iconic villain is getting his turn in the spotlight. Um, this came so out. This is a fan film. Yeah. See, initially I thought it was going to be um, like an actual movie prequel, you know, from Warner Brothers. That was, you know, going to be something of a theatrical release that we were going to be able to see the Voldemort, you know, and how he became evil and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's actually going to be a fan film. It looks like it was actually put on Kickstarter um, to uh, raise some funds for the show. Um, you know, so if you're interested in, um, you know, wanting to know how Voldemort, you know, got the way he was, slash Tom Riddle, then I would take a look at uh, this, this fan film and uh, see what's up. So, I don't know, I guess you just, um, I'm trying to find the link here, but I'm having a hard time. So, what I would do is say Google Voldemort semicolon origins of the air, um, which is on Kickstarter. There's a teaser that's out, and, um, give that a look-see and see if it, uh, appeals to you. And, um, so, one of the final things before we get to our Wonder Woman movie review um, has to do with the casting of, uh, not necessarily to do with the casting of Cable, because, you know, most people already know that it's, uh, oh god, I forgot his fucking name. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. So, um, basically, and the, the story is from comicbook.com, and, the whole thing is about Fox producers talking about why Cable could shake up the X-Men movie universe. Um, having read the story already, but just kind of like already knowing stuff about Cable, is that when we were talking about this, it seemed like a pretty awesome thing now that you kind of like, you know, take time to think about Cable in the X-Men universe because, you know, obviously you're talking about introducing time travel ultimate i mean alternate dimensions and things like that for the x-men universe and so with this introduction of this character you know and a lot of people having a lot of displeasure for some of the previous x-men movies like all of them 
Yeah, and, and just generally most of them not being very good. Or all of them, except for Logan. But that was just him, not all of <laughs> right. them. Yeah, so it's one of those things where they could potentially introduce Cable and then, you know, introduce some sort of alternate universe where they could maybe, you know, recast, you know, the X-Men and kind of like continue with, you know, different X-Men, you know, moving forward without having to say, go back and be like, oh, hey, we're going to just redo this whole movie. So forget that this other movie happened. We're just going to go ahead and redo it. Well, with Cable, you know, basically thrown in the mix, it's, uh, you know, kind of giving them like a blank slate, so to speak, where they can kind of move forward without having to do the whole prequel or remake bullshit. You know, they can just... They can finally fix it. Yeah. After like a million years of crap movies. Yeah, I mean, Cable does give them the opportunity to fix it, that's for sure. I mean... That's... I mean, the best thing that that can happen, you know, because the X-Men franchise, I think, is probably one of the most beloved franchises in the Marvel Universe. And although it's gotten a lot of love in terms of, like, you know, movies produced, uh, that's about all it's gotten. I mean... They aren't good. <sighs> Sorry, how to yawn. Mm -hmm. Most of them just aren't good. You always go in hoping, and then... <laughs> you leave disappointed. You leave, like, man... I want my money back. Mm, gosh. So, I would agree with that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that's going to be pretty cool. I mean, hopefully they do something with that. I mean, because, you know, it could be that over, people are, like, overthinking, you know, what what they're actually going to do with Cable, only to find out that they squander him. <laughs> could you imagine that? <laughs> um... Yeah, we've seen that <laughs> done to other characters. It's like, oh, let me introduce you to someone that's going to die right now. Like Apocalypse? And what's his name? Quicksilver? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, like, like how they killed Quicksilver in the freaking uh, Avengers movies. And then, well, I mean, that's a whole different production. Well, like a whole different studio. But yeah, like Quicksilver gets killed off fast. And then like, okay, so like in the X-Men movies, everybody was like, oh yeah, Apocalypse is a good character. But then like... He looked like some fucking wrinkly purple old man. Like, he was, like, totally <laughs> shitty. The only time he got big was, like, in, you know, Professor Xavier's, like, mind. You know, it was just all kind of dumb. Um, but we will move on to our movie review of Wonder Woman. We actually saw this movie in 3D, um, a couple of hours ago. And, wow. Yeah, it's very good. Fucking absolutely wow. And... I wouldn't say that this movie is just good for a DC film because, you know, everybody's always like, oh, you know, the DC film, like, you know, on the level of the DC films, like, probably... Well, this is the best of their franchise. Yeah. This Wonder Woman movie is the best DC film by far. Absolutely, unequivocally, the best fucking DC movie that they've made. Wow. But with that said... Even going as far as to throw Wonder Woman into contention with, like, other Marvel movies. By comparison, I would say that as far as the development of the character, overall storyline, and, uh, I mean, just general quality of the film, I would say that Wonder Woman is as good as the first Iron Man. Hmm. At least, because yeah. if you think about it, when you're watching the, uh, the original Iron Man, you get a look at, 
you know, how Tony Stark was, you know, as a kid, you know, growing up. Now he's, you know, this playboy, whatever. And then you see that, you see his development, you know, and how he becomes, you know, the Iron Man. How he starts to use his powers and then ultimately, you know, he has to, you know, use them to, you know, essentially like save the world or, you know, save people, so to speak. Wonder Woman... You know, kind of that same storyline where, like, you know, she's a little kid. She doesn't know what she's capable of. You know, she's getting training. Um, you know, eventually she's powerful enough. And then everything kind of comes to a head where now she's having to, you know, use her abilities to a certain extent. But she doesn't know the full... Um, she doesn't know what her full potential is. You until know, until she she's... Bad guy. Yeah, until she, you know, she's basically put to the test. You know, and starts fighting bad guys and stuff like that. And then ultimately, you know finds the final bad guy, you know, to figure out, like, you know, how powerful she actually is, you know, only to find out that, you know, she she is, in fact, a god. Um, you know, and the whole story is basically her trying to find Ares, you know, that her purpose is as a god killer, that basically Zeus put her on the planet for humans, you know, to be raised by these Amazons um, as a means of defense against the god Ares, who, um, you know, in his corruption was, you know, jealous, you know, that Zeus had put humans on this planet and, like, squandered, um, I guess, the paradise that was Earth at the time. And so, you know, the Ares, Ares influenced all humans to, you know, I mean, he's a god of war, you know, so he, you know, gave humans jealousy and all of these other negative traits that basically made them turn against one another and obviously started wars and killings and things like that. And so, um, when Zeus ultimately defeated Ares after Ares killed a number of gods who didn't agree with Ares' view of, uh, you know, humans not being worthy of Earth, was, you know, he struck down by Zeus. Well, then, you know, Zeus uh, basically gave... Wonder Woman life in order to be the answer to whenever Ares were to come back. And so this movie takes place at the time around um, World War One, when, you know, everything's already taking place and somehow, you know, the battle ends up finding, you know, this Amazon island and, you know, the adventures move on from there. Um, you know, her... Her uh, co-star, being Chris Pine, plays Steve Trevor, who's like a double agent in the in the military, and uh, you know they basically brought the comic relief to the movie. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. He does uh, that though. I mean, that's why he makes such a good Kirk. Yeah, I mean the action sequences were great. You know, I mean he's he's also you know obviously like kind of a love interest for. You know, Diana, who is Wonder Woman, played by Gal Gadot. And it's... It was just a good pairing. Um, I thought they did pretty well together. You can kind of see the chemistry between the two of them. And, you know, as far as, like, you know, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman, she was amazing. And I'll be honest, like, when they said they'd cast her for Wonder Woman, I was kind of skeptical. But, like, obviously, like, seeing her in the movie... As Wonder Woman playing the character, I can't imagine anybody else playing her. Like, she did fucking great. And Chris Pine obviously did a good job. 
bring that comic relief in there. Um, like I said, the the chemistry between the two of them was uh, was on point, and um, I think the storyline generally um, was pretty great too. I don't think there was any point in that movie where it felt like there was a lull. It seemed like it was always building. No. It seemed like it was always building, and there you were never really kind of like is this movie almost over or like oh this movie's long <laughs> unless you're our kids right you know you know or like you know oh this movie just is, is long like it always seemed like it was going 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 it got more exciting like everything got better you know the action built up you know and then there wasn't there was not disappointment i mean the action sequences were fantastic I, you know i'll be perfectly honest when i say that when i watched the movie I actually got a little choked up, and the reason is is because there are some scenes in the movie that are really powerful, um, and like emotionally charged, and like actually like watching like these one or two scenes, I was just like, holy shit! Like they they just did such a good job with the storyline and the making of the movie. Like I've never. I mean, there's been a time or two where, you know, I've gotten a little choked up. Like, I actually got a little choked up, like, the first time I watched Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, there were some sad... sad. There were some sad scenes in that that just, like, you know, you're fucking human. You're you're gonna react to these scenes in that movie. And, um, you know, there were scenes in Wonder Woman that were like that. um, That I was just like, wow. Like, I mean... Wow, you know that, that's all. That's the only way you can explain it. it. Was just, it was really incredible, and it it was really good just to see how much time and effort you could tell that they put into making sure that this movie was great. Like, because this isn't just a good film, you know. Oh, it's a it's a it's a good movie for a for a female lead. Like no, this is this is up there with the fucking big dogs. Like this is up there with even some of the best Marvel movies that have been made. And that was good. And uh, you know, I would say that if you had any sort of skepticism about this movie, that you just put it aside and go watch it. I mean, obviously there's a lot of people that are going to go do that. Even if you're like, "Oh, I've seen all the other DC movies and I And they blow." Yeah, and you're like Batman vs Superman sucks, and Suicide Squad was shitty, and whatever else. Don't even think about those movies when you go see this one. It's this very one different. is completely standalone. Um, obviously, there's tiny little tie-ins, you know, to you know the rest of the DC universe, but it's very minute. And just generally, um, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine do a fantastic job. And in bringing this movie to life, I mean, as well as the 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 rest of the supporting cast, like, um, I don't think anybody who goes to see this movie will be disappointed, and that's generally reflected in a lot of the positive reviews that it's gotten on like Rotten Tomatoes and like Metacritic. Uh, it's gotten super high reviews. Like, I'm on IMDb right now. Uh, want to say the. It's got an 8.4 out of 10, which honestly I think is kind of low. And uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, 
it was, I think, at about 96% for people that have actually watched the movie. Um, which I believe is a more accurate account of, you know, the quality of movie that it is. Um, you know, in previous reviews, we got, like, super into, like, what happened in the movie. Um, uh, we're not going to get that super detailed like we normally do. I would say just just go see the movie. You're not going to be disappointed. Like the, the the main characters, the supporting cast, all did a fantastic job. It's visually pleasing. The action sequences are fantastic. You know, I don't get choked up by much. Like I, you know, I never get that close to ever getting that little tear in my eye where I have to fight it back because yes, you do. You know, no, I don't. And yes. so this movie, this movie, did that, and I was just like, you know, I was I was super impressed. So. Um, with that said, my, my son liked it, Amanda liked it, I liked it, my daughter, she falls asleep in every fucking 3D movie we ever go see, she did, she did stay up for most of it, but she the fell asleep. hurt her eyes. Yeah, she fell asleep for like 15 minutes, she's not a 3D fan, but, She uh, wants to be Wonder Woman for Halloween. Yeah, you know, even little girls love this movie, so, now we're gonna have a million Wonder Womans, including my daughter. Um... Yep. So, She's replaced Harley Quinn, I think. Yeah, she was Harley Quinn last year. So, um, yeah, go see that movie. It was great. It's well worth the money. Honestly, I would say go see it in 3D. Because, I mean, I thought that the visuals, um, you know, obviously the 3D makes the visuals in that movie a lot better. Um, but, obviously, it's not absolutely needed. It doesn't look like they made the movie with 3D in mind. No. I just think... Uh, I just think in general, 3D enhances just the, you know, the visual quality just that little bit more. Um, but like, you know, there's not a bunch of sequences. There aren't any sequences in that movie that I say really take advantage of like what 3D has to offer. So it's not mm -hmm. something that's absolutely necessary. You can definitely see it in 2D and get the same experience. So um, that has been, that is, I mean, do you have, I mean, before I close this out, I mean, did you have like any thoughts or... Um, was there, like, anything that you wanted to point out about the movie that, like, you liked most that kind of stuck out for you? There's no end credit scene, which is interesting. You'd think they'd add that since they've done it to all the other DC movies lately, but they didn't for this one. Well, you know what? They didn't for Logan either, right? He was in the beginning, though. True, but they didn't do an end credit scene for Logan because they kind of wanted to have that different feel. And well, that almost, was a super serious... Well, I mean, that feels like gone, though. I mean... You know, yeah, and uh, I There agree. really isn't a... There wasn't a purpose for an end credit scene there. With this one, they could have if they wanted to, but they didn't. Yeah, and... I mean, I, I agree with that. I would say that, you know... That's kind of a Marvel thing. And, you know, DC obviously trying really hard... To be as good or catch up to Marvel. Um, I think they knew what they had with this movie. And they didn't feel like they had to do the end credit scene in order for people to be happy with this movie. Not to say that you have to have the end credit scene to make people happy. But, uh, I mean, that's always been a Marvel thing. And so, if you're going to a DC movie, you shouldn't expect, you know, Marvel type stuff from a DC movie. <laughs> And that wasn't done there. To be honest, they shouldn't have done it with their other movies. Because if you're trying to set yourself apart, 
you shouldn't really, you know, copy who you're trying to overtake. I mean, do a fucking, I don't know. I mean, do a scene before. I don't know. Or don't do anything at all. That's just my opinion. Or hell, just do one with whatever movie you feel it needs one. And obviously with this one they didn't, which is what they did. Um, but yeah, again, highly recommend. Um, this uh, concludes uh, episode 52. So Jesse with Amanda Woo-hoo. saying thanks for listening to us yet again. Appreciate you, fam. <laughs> yeah, getting all fucking fidget spinner on it. Uh, but uh, thanks for listening. Put your male romper on. <laughs> Take care and <laughs> goodbye. Bye.